Welcome to the Skyline SIB podcast. We're so grateful that you're taking time to tune in from your busy schedule. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you wherever you are listening from. Now, here is an inspiring message by Pastor Joshua Xiao. You know, I was going to uh, start off today with a, a construction joke, but, uh, you know, I'm still working on it. I will, however, start with a little page in history in September 1928, where Dr. Alexander Fleming returned to his London laboratory after his vacation to discover that mold had contaminated his petri dish of staphylococci bacteria. Now, to his amazement, he found that the mold within the petri dish actually, uh, you know, prevented the normal growth of the bacteria. And this mold was penicillium. He had discovered that day the world's first antibiotic. And the rest, you know, as they say, is history. You know, to, to say that this discovery was groundbreaking would maybe even still be an understatement because, you know what, previously untreated, life-threatening diseases such as uh, uh, tonsillitis, you know, bronchitis, pneumonia, you know, up to that point, now could be treated. In World War II, penicillin actually played a key role in saving the lives of many soldiers who were afflicted with bacterial pneumonia. You know, it reduced the death rates from 18% to 1%. It saved millions of lives. Today, you know, if you've ever been uh, prescribed a course of antibiotics by, by a doctor, you know, you too are a beneficiary of this discovery. Now, in the same way that penicillin proved to be a turning point, you know, in modern medical science, as we go through this series on the turnaround prayers, we are looking at prayers that have turned around, you know, the lives of those who prayed it, both within themselves, sometimes, you know, turning around their situation, their circumstance, sometimes even turning around history very much like the prayer that we're going to look in today, which is the prayer of Moses. Um, and, uh, you know, this prayer of Moses in Exodus 33, verses 12 to 23, literally changed, affected the future of Israel. And that's why, you know, today's message is titled, The Power for Your Future. Why? Because if we can learn and we can apply some of these principles from the turnaround prayer of Moses for our own lives, you know what? We will then have the power to step into the future God has with us, with the boldness and the confidence that God gives. And so if you're excited to hear the Word of God today, wherever you are, say a loud Amen. Hallelujah. Um, let me just give you some background, uh, you know, the circumstances that led up to Moses praying this prayer. Um, he had been on Mount Sinai with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights where he was uh, just receiving the law, receiving the commandments. This is where he got the tablets of the commandments, right? What happened in the meantime? You know, at the, uh, the people at the main camp you know, in the meantime, while Moses was away on Mount Sinai, they created a golden calf, a, a, a mumu, you know, a, a, a cow, that they began to worship 
as God. This was a grievous sin of idolatry. You know, it broke the covenant, the agreement that the people had with the Lord to worship Him and Him only. And this caused God's fury and wrath, you know, just to come to the surface. God said, let me destroy this people. But Moses intervenes. He convinces God, you know, not to wipe out, not to destroy His people. But here is the thing. God says, I will remain faithful. I will keep my promise. I will bring you into the promised land, but I will not go with you in your midst. I will send my angel before you to drive out the enemies, but I will not go in the midst of you. This caused a crisis throughout the entire uh, nation of Israel. They went into mourning. And what does Moses do? Moses pitches a tent of meeting far from the main camp where he begins to meet with God. And chapter 33 records for us an intense dialogue that happens between Moses and God. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's quite a, a long conversation. And so today, I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to read a portion and I'm going to refer to pieces of it as we go in through this message, all right? And so let me start with verse 12. If you've got your Bibles, uh, you know, you can turn uh, to that in chapter uh, 33. But if not, it's on the screen as well. It says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. And yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you, and I may find grace in your sight, and consider this nation is your people." And he said, God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then he said to him, if your presence, Moses said, does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except that you go with us? From this passage of Scripture, I want to share with everyone three observations on the turnaround prayer of Moses. And the first is this, that, uh, you know, and it says, uh, sorry, let me finish reading this. Uh, so we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are on the face of the earth. The first thing about the turnaround prayer is that you keep the main thing the main thing. What was the main thing according to Moses? He said, the main thing, out of everything that we've been doing, the main thing is you, God. It is God Himself. It is God's presence. That is the main thing. If your presence does not go with us, it says, do not bring us out from here. This is an incredible statement. You see, God has already said, you know, I will keep my promise. My angel will go before you. He'll drive out all the enemies and you will enter the promise. And that Moses insists here, he's adamant even that God, your presence is the one thing that we truly want. It is your presence that is the main thing that makes all the difference. You see, Moses is essentially saying that if you do not go with us, you know what, it is better for us to stay here in this desert, even though you are, you know, at a distance, it's better for us to stay here than to enter into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. Incredible. What a statement. You know, as we read this, I believe God is speaking to us as well. 
and challenging our hearts. You see, Moses knew that it was not the physical deliverance or the material blessing, you know, that would secure their future as a nation. It was God Himself, what? Dwelling in the midst of His people that would prove irrevocably that God's favour was upon them. How then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except with you go with us. I believe God is really challenging our hearts today and asking us, what is our hunger level for God? You know, going into 2022, as we look into our own future, what is our hunger level? Do we say, you know, God, I will have time for you, you know, when I'm not too busy, when I have spare time, you know, I have so many things to take care of, you know, let me do this, do this, do this. In between, you know, I will give you that time. Or are we perhaps seeing God as supplementary to our plans alongside, you know what? We include God and, and we ask Him to bless it. We ask for His guidance even, but it is, it is like a booster, you know? It is an add-on to everything that we have going on. Or is God truly our one desire above all else? Is He foundational to our walk with Him? I believe that is what He would challenge us today. Because intimacy with God, God Himself, His presence is not optional. It is foundational. This is the heart of Christianity, that the God of the universe would want to be near with us. This is what it's all about. This was the very reason why God brought His people out of Egypt so that He could call them as a people unto Himself. He says in Exodus 6 verses 7, I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. This is the essence of the covenant relationship that God had with Him. This is the very reason that God sent His Son Jesus to us over 2,000 years ago so that He could be our Emmanuel, God. God with us. This is the core. It is not optional, friends. It is foundational to our walk with Him. Robert Murray, yeah, if you believe that, say amen. You know, it's okay. You can respond. Even those of you who are at home, you can say an amen. Robert Murray, a godly man, uh, you know, encourages us with this uh, a quote. He says, a believer longs after God to come into His presence, to feel His love, to feel near to Him in the secret. Ah, he says, dear brethren, have you tasted this blessedness? Because there is greater rest and solace to be found in the presence of God for one hour than in eternity in the presence of man. That is intimacy, friends. That is intimacy, brothers and sisters, church. You know what? We are not just called to intimacy with God. You know, it is not just foundational to our lives, but there is a blessedness that comes from walking in intimacy with the Lord. What are these blessed things? What are the blessings of walking with God like that? We see that in this prayer itself. Moses gives us hints of it. Let me uh, go through them uh, one by one. Number one, it is the blessing of companionship. He says, my presence will go with you. 
Let me tell you of a woman called Gladys Elward. And, uh, you know, she was a British-born Christian missionary to, to China. And so during World War II, what happened was uh, northern China was invaded by the Japanese, and she had to flee uh, where she was. And so together with a hundred orphans who were under her care, you know, she made a, a perilous, you know, very, very difficult journey through the mountains. And it was there, you know, she reached the lowest point in her life. One of the children who were, was with her, a 13-year-old girl, uh, you know, wanted to encourage her, and she reminded Gladys of the story of Moses and the promise of God's presence. And, and, and Gladys just responded, you know, to this little girl. She said, I, 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 that's, that's a wonderful story, but I am not Moses. To which the child replied, of course you're not, but God is still God. Out of the mouth of babes, God is still God. You see, your circumstance may change, but your circumstances will not change God. He is still the same and He still walks with you. That is the blessedness of intimacy with the Lord, my friends. And that is why, you know, I love this promise in Isaiah. I take this, I read this, you know, I want to encourage you to memorize this. I love the New Living Translation. It's so real. It says, when you go through deep waters, God says, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up and the flames will not consume you. Isn't that a wonderful word? The God of the universe walks with us. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, the God of the universe. He walks with us, and so the whole world may walk out on you. But I'll tell you what, God will never do so because He is faithful. There's a blessedness of companionship that comes with intimacy with God. Number two, there is a blessing of rest. What kind of rest is this? When God says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest, it is in the context of what He has called them to do. It is in the context of the journey into the promised land. And so it's not just about rest from activity or rest, you know, from struggle. It is not just rest from work itself. It is a rest in work in the journey that you're walking with God. It is a rest yes. in the presence of God. That is the rest. Yes. I don't know about you, but I need that kind of rest, you know, to the ups and downs of life, no matter what happens, no matter whether God calls you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can say, I am rested. I will fear no evil because God is with me. You know, um, Many of you may know uh, of Corrie ten Boom, this famous Dutch lady uh, that, uh, that uh, you know, whose family uh, hid the Jews from the Nazis through the underground, and because of that, they were imprisoned in Nazi concentration camps. You know, she survived the whole ordeal, and she wrote this book. It's a very old book, um, which is aptly titled, Don't Wrestle, Just Nestle. Not Nestle, okay? It's Nestle. Some of the younger people here, look at that. What Nestle is? <laughs> it's an old word. And, uh, you know, so those of you who can see the picture, that is the image of what Nestle means. It's like a little child, you know, nestling, borrowing themselves, burying them in the arms, loving arms of their parents. That's a beautiful picture 
of what it means to rest in God. You see, it reminds me of what the psalmist says, uh, that my soul trusts in you and in the shadow of your wings, I will take my refuge. When we keep God as the main thing, God Himself You know what? His presence in our lives. We can begin to nestle in the arms of our Heavenly Father. Let Him envelop us with His presence. We can begin to hide under the shadow of His wings and we can rest in confidence. We can rest in security. And guess what? We can rest in victory because we can say the battle belongs to the Lord. It's a blessing of rest. And here it is, it's a blessing of God's glory. How do we see this? We see this, you know, when when Moses says, God, would you show me your glory? And God says, I will make my goodness and my grace pass before you and I will proclaim my name. It is seen how? Where is God's glory seen? It is seen through signs of His grace in our life, in the goodness of our life. You know, you may not see this now. You know, you may be listening to this and say, I don't see God's goodness or God's glory now. But I tell you what, you walk with Him like that. You will look back in the rearview mirror of your life and you will see His fingerprints. You will see the events and plans unfolding and you will say, only God could have done this. And you know, as Skyline, we walk as a church. You know this to be true. So many times in our own church, you know, through prayer for our nation, you know, through our own lives and breakthroughs, whether it is for healing, whether it is for relationships or finance, you know, we know there is God's goodness. That's why we can sing of the goodness of God in our lives. It is the blessing of God's glory. Somebody say amen. And so the turnaround prayer is, first of all, when you make the main thing, the main thing, that is God Himself. It is His presence in our life. And the second thing is, uh, and so the power of your fu- for your future comes from this. It comes from keeping the main thing, the main thing. And so the encouragement and exaltation for all of us this year and for the years to come is to echo Moses. What did he do? He began to ask, first of all, for God's ways. Lord, this year, reveal your ways to us that we may know you. We may know how you work and we may see, uh, 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 ask for God's presence. And number three, we begin to ask for God's glory to be revealed in our lives. Keep the main thing, the main thing. That's the first uh, Uh, observation of the turnaround prayer. If you're all good, you're still following, say a big amen. 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 The second thing is the turnaround prayer is when you don't give up on the things that give up on you. Now, I don't know about you, if you read the journey of Moses together with the Israelites, I feel that he is one of the biggest, uh, most difficult assignments in the world. You know, he has to lead a rebellious, uh, self-centered, stiff-necked, stubborn people through the desert into the promised land. Um, you know, it reminds me of, of a, a very, very stubborn man who, who couldn't understand why you can't install a ceiling fan uh, with, with just duct tape and, and cello tape until one day it hit him. If you get it, you get it. <laughs> if you get it. <laughs> 
I mean, talk about stubborn. Moses was leading these people. He goes away just for 40 days. 40 days. And already they have broken the commandment of the Lord. I mean, ayo. <laughs> I don't know what to say. If I were in Moses' shoes, I don't know what I'd do. He was so furious. And I understand his, his emotions here. He broke the tablets, you know, at the foot of the mountain. And yet you see him continuing to intercede for the people of God. I mean, listen to his prayer. Listen to his prayer over here. Uh, it says, If I found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. I may find grace in your sight. And then look at what he does. He turns now to the people. He includes them. He says, Consider that this nation is your people. Plural, right? And then God responds, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses replies once more, If your presence does not go with us, again, plural. Do not bring us up from here. Now, this exchange is where it gets a little bit interesting because we, we, we ask ourselves, why is Moses so diehard? You know, why is he so insistent and, and doesn't give up on these people, even to the extent where it's almost like he's repeating his request some of the younger listeners uh, uh, today, you know, you, you probably will get me when I say it's, it's almost as if Moses skipped uh, uh, God's, God's reply. I, I mean, I mean just, just, just look at this. You see, um, God has already said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then after that, Moses says, if your presence does not go with us, it's, eh? Again, uh, <laughs> there are two possibilities, right? Number one, Moses is making doubly confirm. Malaysian would like to say double confirm, triple confirm. You know, God, really, uh, really, really. And, uh, you know, if Asian eyes read this, maybe that's, that's our first thought. Uh, the second possibility is one of translation. Uh, because, because, you know, um, some scholars, they will, they will point out that when God actually responds, my presence will go with you, the with you, that phrase, is not in the original Hebrew. However, when he says, I will give you rest, that is singular. That is singular. So the assumption here could either be that God is unclear, ambiguous in including Israel, or that, you know, that promise was personal to Moses. And therefore, Moses insists now, says, God, no, not just for me, but for Israel as well. You see, he would not give up on Israel. Why is this why is this? Because, let me tell you this, he not only knew God's heart, he carried God's heart. He partnered with God to carry out his plans and purpose. There is a partnership dynamic that we see happen between God, Moses, and the leading of his people. Psalms, for instance, will tell us, 77 verses 20, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. It's true, you see? God leads his people. God delivers his people. But how, who does he choose to lead? Moses and Aaron. And so there is a partnership that is going on there. Um, uh, you know, that's why, that's why you see when, when Moses begins to, to make his case before God, he knows God's heart. He, he says this, how then will it be known, sorry for the typo, that your people and I have found grace in your sight? 
This is on God's heart, you see. He's tapping into what God wants. This is the great plan of redemption that God has. This is literally the great commission. And so in other words, it's not just about Israel, though it is about the future of Israel, but it's also about what God wants to do through Israel so that they can be a blessing to the nations. He carries God's heart. He partners with the Lord. And that's why he sees God's perspective and says, no, I will not give up on this people. The power for your future comes when you both know and carry God's heart, when you partner with God in establishing His kingdom here on earth. And what are the core things? What are the core things on God's heart? It's souls. It's, it's lives. You know, that's why we're called in this season to build hope. Amen? This is why in this season we continue to invite. That's why this season we will care. We will bless. We'll continue to pray with persistence and moanings and groanings for our friends and our families. Why? Because this is on God's heart and we partner with Him. We will never give up. Why? Because God never gives up on us. Somebody say amen. And when we do that, we are reflecting the nature of our God who is faithful and true. He never gives up. You know, one of the, the, the people that I feel that really epitomizes uh, this never give up kind of spirit is, um, is a man named Desmond Doss. Desmond Doss was the first man to receive uh, the prestigious Medal of Honor in the military. Um, despite refusing to carry a weapon. Can you imagine that? Going into war, going into battle, uh, just not carrying a weapon. He had strong personal convictions and reasons why this was so. But, uh, you know, there's a movie made about it. It's called Hacksaw Ridge. In fact, that person uh, there in the picture, it's, it's not Desmond Doss, it's the actor Andrew Garfield who portrays him. And if you have the chance, watch the movie. But I warn you, please, it's, it's, it's really gory. So if you, you uh, squeamish at blood, please, please don't uh, watch that movie. But it is, it's really incredible. Through that movie, you will see a glimpse of the things that Desmond Doss had to go through for his convictions and belief. He was ridiculed. You know, he's beaten up, he was bullied, he was ostracized by his own unit, his own squad. You know, in the military, these, these people are the, are the ones that you're supposed to be, your, your brothers in arm. But they could not trust Desmond to have their backs. Why? Because they saw him as a coward who would not take a weapon. I mean, they think he was useless. They gave up on him. But he joined them into battle. And, and therefore, you know, one time at, uh, at uh, Hacksaw Ridge, where it all unfolded, there was a massive counterattack by the Japanese. And many of his squad were caught in that uh, 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 counterattack. They were injured, they were incapacitated, they were left for dead on the battlefield. Who is the one that comes back for them? That's Mendoz. This is where he believes, you know, this, I will not carry a weapon, but I'm here to save lives. And therefore, you see him going back into the battlefield, you know, even through the cover of night, one by one, he begins to carry them. He begins to drag some of them because, you know, their legs are blown off, they can't move and things like that. Each time he will bring them and he will use a rope to just lower them down the cliff back to safety into their own camp. And each time he does this, he says, Lord, 
give me one more. Please, Lord, give me one more. And then he goes back again. He brings another person to the cliff, lowers them down, back again. Lord, give me one more. One more, Lord. Please give me one more. That day, he saved single-handedly the lives of 75 people. That's incredible. You look at him in real life, you know, find some pictures of him. He's actually not a very big guy. He's, he's actually just medium height, actually quite scrawny, about five feet something only. Where in the world does he have the strength to never give up like that on people who have given up on him? Lord, give me one more. Give me one more. Turnaround prayers is when you never give up on things that have given up on you. Can somebody say amen? That's the turnaround prayer. When we partner with God, see His heart, carry it through, never giving up. And finally, before that, just turn to somebody around you, encourage them, you know, whatever season they're in, tell them, never give up. Never give up. Amen. And finally, the turnaround prayer is when God's grace overwhelms your limited efforts. How was a broken covenant relationship with God going to be mended, restored, and healed when they had irrevocably broken the law of God? Moses knew there was only one basis for rebuilding the broken covenant relationship between God and His people, and that was found in God's character. What was deep in God's character? First of all, we know holiness. That's why God said, you know, I will not go in the midst of you. You are a stiff-necked people. If I do this, I will consume you. Why? Because God is a holy God. But what else was deep in God's character? It was grace. And that's why Moses leaned into grace, God's grace, again and again and again. How do I know this? It is in his prayer. He says this, first of all, that if, uh, you know, you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Moses firstly affirms God's grace towards him says, yes, I am favored God, I am a friend of God, but it is only by grace that I stand before you like that. He affirms this, number one. Number two, you know, God Himself, when He grants Moses' requests, He says, it is by grace. He says, I will do this thing you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight. That's the second thing. God confirms it is grace that allowed this request to be fulfilled. And number three, when Moses says, God, will you show me your glory? God says, I will make my goodness and my grace pass before you. I will proclaim my name. And what is it that he says? He says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will be compassionate to who I will be compassionate. God is a holy God, yes, but He is also full of grace, full of compassion with mercies that are made new every single morning. It was grace that truly made the difference. Elizabeth Keckley was, uh, you know, a slave in Missouri during the American Civil War period. And uh, one of her deepest desires of her heart was really to buy the freedom for both herself and her son, right? 
And, and so, you know, she had a very, very difficult life, but she got to a stage where she became a seamstress and she had wealthy clients due to connection of the, 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 the owner. And she went to him and he said, uh, okay, finally he agreed for the price of $1,200. That's a huge sum of money. She tried her best, you know, to gather money, save, put aside money from, from the, 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 the seamstress uh, business that she was doing. Um, but it came to a point where she realized she would not make it. She would not be able to, to have enough. And so she wanted to go to New York, in fact, to, to uh, you know, expand her business. But the owner said, no, I'm not going to let you go. Why? Because there's fear that she will never return, right? And, and so said, the only way is if you pay this debt. She could not. What happened in the end? Her wealthy clients in St. Uh, uh, Claire, where she was, they came together they contributed, and that together with the money that she has saved, she purchased the freedom for herself and for her son. You see, on her own, Elizabeth would never have been able to purchase her freedom. It was only because of those clients who favored her, who gave her grace and pitched in. And that is a wonderful picture of a grace that overwhelms our limited efforts, no matter what we do, because we can only go this far. You know, it is grace that it makes the difference. It is grace that it will enable us to turn around situations in our life, in, in our own walk, in our own makeup, even in our own character. It is grace that will allow this turnaround. It was overwhelming grace beyond Moses' limited efforts and ability to lead this nation of Israel. It was overwhelming grace beyond Israel's own ability to stay true to the law that God had given them. And think about this. Think about this. If God was willing to grant Moses, who was a human, imperfect mediator who stood on behalf of the nation of Israel, how much more the assurance that we have in the greater eternal promises of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who is our heavenly mediator. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, we come to God on the basis of grace found in Jesus Christ, then we can begin to pray turnaround prayers just like Moses, not just for our lives. We can begin to pray turnaround prayers for our family. We can pray for our friends, you know, our workplace, our city. We can even pray turnaround prayers for our nation. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. And so, brothers and sisters, let us therefore come boldly into the throne room of grace where we can receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Why don't we all just close our eyes right now. Where does the power for our future come from? It comes firstly through keeping God as the main thing. It is through partnering Him and never giving up. And it's in soaking in God's overwhelming grace.
I just sense right now we need to just come for the presence of God and just realign with Him. Lord, we thank You for Your grace. It overwhelms us. It overtakes us. It overflows into our lives. We see God. Oh, Your goodness, it overflows. We thank You, Jesus. Bring us back to center in you, O God. Show us your glory. Lord, let the tangible sense of your presence right now fill our hearts in every room, in every location. Oh, Father, Lord, we desire you. Lord, if we have turned away, Lord, if we have set you aside, God, right now, Bring us back. Draw us back to you, Lord. To keep you as the main thing. And in doing so, Lord, as we come to you, Father, I just pray for that restedness to come. Today, I just sense, you know, some of us really need this in our lives. The ups and downs and worries and anxieties looking at our future, their breakdowns, their depressions. But God says, enter into my rest. Come into my presence. When you seek me, you will find me. Chains are being broken. Healing is being flowed. Restoration in Jesus' name. Resolve comes, strength comes, perspective and purpose comes. Lord, as we really just surrender ourselves to you and recommit ourselves to you afresh, Lord, to partner with you, O oh God, never giving up, holding on to you because you are the main thing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right now, whoever is listening to this message, whether you're online or on site. I want to give you an invitation to commit your life to God, to surrender your past, present, and future to Him. You may have walked away from God at some point in your past. It doesn't matter. You may not have even heard of Jesus before today. But guess what? He has brought you to this time and place so that you may experience Him for yourself. Today, if you want to open your heart to Him and say, God, I surrender my life to you, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer right now. And, uh, you know, the words are on the screen as well. But wherever you are, you know, say this aloud or if you're not able to, just say this in your heart as I pray. Dear Jesus, today I place my life in your hands. I give you my past, my present, my future. I believe you died for me on the cross and I receive your forgiveness, your love and your grace for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I pray that you would just seal this in my brothers and sisters' hearts right now. And Lord, truly, you would draw them to yourself and they would know your presence like never before. They would know the blessedness 
that comes of companionship, of friendship with you, of restedness, and they will see your glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for you are with us today. We bless you, we thank you, we give you glory. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big clap offering, a shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what? If you're here today, either on site or online, you said that prayer to surrender your life to the Lord. Please stay with us all the way to the end. I want to first of all welcome you into the family of God. You are loved, you are blessed, and you're highly favored by the Lord. And uh, we truly love you and we want to connect with you. Allow us to reach out to you so that we can pray uh, for you, you know, and, and give you something to help you grow and take the next step in your own journey with the Lord. Um, and you know, for all of us truly, may the Lord bless you. May you walk with the Lord in partnership, in faith, never giving up because of His overwhelming grace in abundance in your life. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Amen. Thanks for listening. This is the Skyline SIB podcast and stay tuned for the next episode visit our website at www.skylinesib.com and say hello, drop us a prayer request or leave us a question. Want to know what's up and coming with our church? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. It's Skyline SIB. Let's connect. God bless and have a great week.